Hi, thank you for tuning in to State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 64. My guest this week is award-winning actress and co-founder and artistic director of Theater for the New City, who has produced over 800 new plays, received a Pulitzer Prize and over 43 OB Awards for excellence in every theatrical principle. She's a Juilliard graduate. She has a BA in philosophy and a degree in dance. And she's a member of the original Lincoln Center Company. Welcome to my show, Crystal Field. It is such an incredible honor to have you on. Oh, well, I'm delighted to be here. So, how did your journey begin? This theater is just so remarkable. Well, this theater is over 50 years old, if you can imagine. I was in a play um, called Dracula Sabbat, in which I played Lucy, and it was an incredibly successful production out of Judson Church. Uh, at that time, Al Carmines was uh, composing music and Maria Irene Forness was writing plays and I was in a number of them and it was a really wonderful time, a wonderfully creative time for theater. And uh, Judson Church was in the forefront of of this work. After the great success of this show, uh, Larry Kornfeld, who was the artistic director at the time uh, for Judson, came to me and said, you know, um, this foundation is, uh, that is um, overseeing um, Westbeth, a place called Westbeth, um, between West Street and Washington and Bank Street and some other streets. But they have a building on Bank Street that was at one time owned by the telephone company and it was the sound stage for the jazz singer with Al Jolson and since then has been unused and it is one of the buildings of Westbeth and we are offering you a year and a half rent free in this building. This building had two floors. Theo Barnes was an actor in this very successful play and so was George Bartenov. So George, Theo, and I, under the aegis of Larry Kornfeld, uh, we accepted this building. We, it was something that all of us wanted. We wanted to have a theater, an American alternative theater. Um, so we... Uh, Okay, they're bringing in a, a part of a new set. 
How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> yes, we are. Theater for the New City. And people are rehearsing all over. This is a four-theater complex. So we have people rehearsing in all kinds of different places. Um, and our lobby is a beautiful art gallery also. However, um, going back 50 years, um, Larry, Theo, George, and I, we started uh, something which we called Theater for the New City. Now, shortly after we began to do work in this theater, and we did the work of Charles Ludlum, among others, uh, some very important work. Without telling us that they were doing this, they, the people that were running this building were all artists. Westbeth was an artist colony. You had to have been make, making your living as an artist to live there. And you had to show proof of income, uh, etc. So, uh, and they tried to run it in a very new, nouveau way. Uh, artists were running the building. Okay, well, we were there for six months and we had a, uh, we were supposed to be there a year and a half, but after six months, they went and got an agreement with a video company and proceeded to tell me because I sort of ended up um, raising a lot of the money for the, for the theater and getting involved in the management and by default. <laughs> But then again, so many things, so many wonderful things happen by default in this world. They proceeded to tell me that um, they had rented the theater and that they would like us after uh, six months to uh, leave, uh, you know, because we weren't paying any rent. So I, of course, cried and uh, bitter tears, and I went to see the artist quote unquote board and I pleaded with them and told them you know uh, that we really want to stay and that we were doing some really important work and they said well you know oh I also told them that we that Jean-Claude Van Italy who by the way has just passed away a short very short few months ago, um, a wonderful, great writer, great American writer, playwright. At any rate, he told me that he heard at a cocktail party that the National Endowment was going to give us our first grant of $12,000. So I went to this artist board and I told them, I said, look, we are going to get Oh, we heard through the grapevine, uh, you know, that we're going to get $12,000 from the National Endowment, and we will give it to you next year for, you, for the rent. 
they proceeded to tell me that number one, they didn't believe me, I had no proof, and uh, that they had already made an agreement with this video company, and they wanted us to go. Well, it turned out that we had a lease. We actually had a year and a half lease. At that point, Theo and Larry said they couldn't go further because they felt that an artist should not be involved politically or economically. But George and I said, that is not true. An artist has to be involved politically yes. and economically. Absolutely. And we're not going to leave. And we'll sleep here if we have to. Great. And, uh, and by this time, we had many, many volunteers helping with everything in the theater. So including renovating it and making it uh, into a theater because this building was not a theater when we arrived. At any rate, we stayed for a year and a half, rent-free, and we did wonderful work. And after that, we moved. And the artist board said, isn't it wonderful that artists can really run, a th run something, you know? Well, it turned out that the agreement they had with the video company was that if they didn't do $17,000 worth of work on the building, they would be rent-free for three years. And of course, they never had the money to do that work. So this video company stayed there for three years, rent-free, while we moved to Jane Street and paid our $12,000 to the owner of the building. So we survived. Now Jane Street was a, at that time was a welfare hotel. I mean, not Jane Street, but this hotel. It was a real welfare hotel. You had to be, I think, over 30 in order to live there, and it were men only. It was a mess. Uh, in Westbeth, we had the main theater. I mean, we had adventures in that theater. At one point, we had a beautiful, what, what, what had been the sound stage, but the acoustics were too, what they call, quote, live, unquote, which means you get an echo back when you speak. So we didn't know what to do. So I called Jerome Robbins, who was a friend of ours, and uh, I asked him what we should do. He said, spend $100 and get a hundred blankets from the Army-Navy store and pin them together and put them on the walls and they'll solve your problem. And we did that and it solved the problem. Wow, how clever. <laughs> so even Jerome Robbins knew how to do something for nothing. You know, we, we started with no money at all and we all had day jobs and I was you know, working in film and, and but uh, as a matter of fact, in order to start this theater, I actually got cast in my first Broadway show, and I turned. I had to turn it down. Oh wow! Yeah, it was 
heartbreaking for me, but I had passed all the auditions and and then I told them uh, I can't do it. And they said, well, what are you doing down there? You know, what are you? I said, well, we're, we're starting a theater, you know? Anyway. How extraordinary. Uh, That's amazing. This is, uh, now, we're talking 50 years, so, uh, you know, this is only the very, very, very beginning, you know? Um, I don't want to go into all of the problems, the, uh, you know, and, and challenges that we faced and the great successes that we had. I mean, we had shows at Jane Street. You know, in those days, if the audience liked something a lot, they stamped their feet. Well, we had shows where they, uh, the Angels of Light and other shows that were so incredibly loved that the building would rock with their feet wow. stamping on the floor saying that they loved the show. I mean, it was really... Meanwhile, you know, the denizens of the building were dying, they were vomiting, there was blood. Uh, we had a little entrance that was just for the public, and they never saw any of this. But on the main steps of the building, you would find uh, all of the things I just mentioned. Wow. Including sometimes a person. Yeah, because they weren't in good shape to begin with. And it, one of the shows I did was Georg Kaiser's Morn to Midnight. At the end of that play, because he was the father of the avant-garde, at the end of that play, the hero dies on a, an electrified cross in the Salvation Army. So for that scene, we asked some of the people who lived in the building, who we got to know, um, if they would sit, just sit in the, uh, on stage, because they would be people coming to the Salvation Army. So we had about five people, and the show ran three weeks. <laughs> and during that time, two of them passed away. So our, oh, no. our Salvation Army people became fewer and fewer uh, as the show proceeded. Anyway, it, it was uh, a very well done, though beautifully done. And Ralph Lee did, the, uh, did a beautiful hand-done backdrop. At that time, he was working with me on the street theater, which we started at that time also. Um, but there was, in this beautiful backdrop, made of like something like a, uh, a quilt, like a quilt, there was a window, and an actor would look through the window, and talk, you know, speak, and it was a beautiful uh, quilt, which um, we lost that quilt because Barbara Garson, who was a writer at the time, lived in that building and said that she would take care of it for a while, and then when we wanted it back, she wouldn't give it to us. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. We, we have too much here anyway right now. I mean, we're stuffed with 
uh, props and costumes. We have a huge costume collection. We were on Jane Street in this welfare hotel. I mean, there were all kinds of challenges that faced us. At one point, one of the denizens left a, an old uh, big pot of uh, rice in the uh, shower room upstairs and it leaked through. Uh, you know, and we had to, mm -hmm. it, it, it was, the ceiling was leaking in the oh. theater, you know, uh, an hour before the show, we had to run upstairs and see where, what happened, what was going on, and we had to, um, then we had to clean up, you know, before the audience, the audience never knew anything was going on, but at any rate, after five years, um, <clears throat> the owner of the building, and by the way, it was basically a beautiful building, which by the way now is, you know, gentrified, totally gentrified. It was a Swedish officer's hotel. It had a widow's walk at the top. I mean, the building was beautiful, uh, but of course, you know, at that time it was a mess. Uh, they sold the building and we had to get out. Um, at that time, uh, I was told by another theater group uh, that um, there was a building over on Second Avenue uh, that had um, that had been, and and I knew this building because at one time it had the Gate and the Cricket Theater in it, and the Cricket was the bottom theater downstairs and the gate was uh, on the main floor and they were both really commercial theaters and they were running and they had wonderful shows in them. It had fallen on difficult days and it had become uh, a porno movie house oh. and it became, and then it became a key club, uh, oh. which I don't think they have key clubs uh. now, but this, this was a key club like the the rabbit, what's the one that's, uh, oh, the, the, the rabbit ears? The playboy. Yeah, playboy, like that. Only there was a murder in, in this key club and the police had closed it. So it had been closed for a year. So it was going at a very low rent. Um, the rent was $1,250 a month. And so we could afford that. And we went in there and with the help of other artists, we, we refurbished the building. It had three floors and we put a theater on each floor. People came around after we, uh, one of the things we did was we changed the front gate and we made a really we actually spent a thousand dollars and got a wrought iron gate, beautiful, beautifully sculptured gate. And people came around and said they were, you know, so happy that we were in the neighborhood. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> the first thing that happened in the area was somebody got hit by a car on 10th Street. This was between 10th and 11th. 
on 2nd Avenue. So someone got hit by a car and there was blood in the street. And we went out with mops and buckets of soap and everything and we cleaned it all up and people were, <laughs> people were amazed that wow. we could do a thing like that. But we had had five years of doing it. We had to clean up vomit and feces and sometimes people. Wow. So the audience never knew on Jane Street what was going on. But we were we, we got used to it. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess you get numb to those things. You after get a while. numb to it, that's right, you do. Because all you're thinking about is the show. The show. The show has to go on. Right. And we can't have the audience at all worried, you know, or they won't enjoy the show. And we had huge audiences uh, on Jane Street. And again, when we first went to Jane Street, I, w I spoke to somebody named Anne. Her first name was Anne. Um, now, right now, I'm not thinking of what her last name is, but she was uh, a major force in, in alternative theater. And I just yelled out, because there was no one on this street at when we first went there. There were a bunch of old warehouses that were closed, and us. Our rent went from 1250 a month to 2500 a month over a period of eight years. And then the owner, he said, you know, uh, 8000 a month. Oh, well, we no. could not even begin with anything like that. So we went to court, and without a lawyer, because we couldn't afford a lawyer. <laughs> and, and we won, sort of, on condition that we would get out uh, by the end of the summer. This was like in May, June, and they couldn't raise our rent, but we had to leave. There is a, a wonderful organization called Lowy Sida Inc., which still exists to this day, doing good work on the Lower East Side. And a wonderful gentleman, whose name I don't remember right, right at this moment, um, who was a lawyer, he found the building that we are now in for us, and we bought it. The city didn't even know they had this building. It was a mess. There were three feet of garbage oh. in the basement and, and rat poison, yeah. and the place was... Uh, the, um, the local uh, sanitation department was here. They parked their cars here inside here, and they had a lunchroom. Uh, not, you know, a bag lunch, lunchroom. And they had a, uh, a, a printing plant uh, where they printed all of their um, flyers and anything they needed. And they stored them here, too. But it was a totally underused building. Three quarters of it was not used. It wasn't even on the city uh, rent rolls. It wasn't on wow. the walls of, of the city, so they didn't even know they owned it. But <laughs> we found out, you know, we did 
our research and um, went down to the record rooms and what happened was we went to the commissioner for the sanitation department at that time who was a lovely guy whose name I don't remember and he also loved theater and he said okay we're gonna I will find a place for the printing plant and we'll park our cars somewhere else that was our agreement we would have them rent free for 10 years so but then this commissioner was fired for corruption he was out and the new commissioner came in and said anything the old commissioner did i'm not doing and that of course included us so we were now out with any no place to go and we only had like two months you know to find digs so we had a rally and i still have pictures from that rally it was incredibly well attended and we made a um a handheld line from second avenue to this building and this building is on first avenue and 10th street so it was a line of people holding hands. And so because of that huge rally, um, the commissioner changed his mind. And the city said, okay, we'll sell you the building at fair market value. So they gave us a, uh, they gave us 15 names of appraisers. Choose one and get it appraised. So the one we chose was from Staten Island, very nice guy, and he appraised at 350,000. Well, they didn't like that. So they said, no, 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 we're not gonna take that. We will appraise it ourselves. So they did, they appraised it at 750,000 with, and so, we had to give them 71,000. That was our down payment. And we had a, a mortgage. We got a challenge grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. And that's what we used to pay the down payment. And we had to raise four times the amount that the uh, National Endowment gave us. That was the agreement. We, it took us 26 years to pay off the mortgage. Wow. <laughs> but we are mortgage free. We raised about 1.4 million, which was a lot of money in those days, 50 years ago, um, to renovate this building. And we made two theaters here. Wow. And over the years, we have made two more. And we do the work of unknown writers. That's we nurture and develop writers for the American stage. That's what we do. That's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we are, uh, you know, we're still a poor theater, uh, but slowly, slowly we improve this building, constantly doing it. Uh, and by the way, we got other 
other uh, theaters have received their buildings for no money from the city and been renovated by the city. Uh, we have not had that kind of a relationship. We are really um, entrepreneurs. <laughs> We're entrepreneurs of a certain kind. But um, we, ha we are now getting some help from the city and they are giving us H um, HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning in one of our four theaters that doesn't have it, and the lobby, which is an art gallery, and the offices, and the theater offices. And we're very happy about that. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's the story of Theater for the New City. That's beautiful. <laughs> is, is there anything you would like to say to the listeners before I sign Well, off? yes. Uh, support Off Off Broadway. Yes. Go to those plays because let me tell you, that's going to be Broadway. Rent came from Off Off. I mean, I, you know, that musical and so have so many others. Uh, Torch Song trilogy uh, by Harvey Firestein came from and Kinky Boots and you name it um, the public theater um, chorus line you know uh, I think that uh, Joe Papp had one line in a, in a production of Hamlet that he did where one of the characters says so what do you want for $2.50, which was the price of a ticket in those days. And our ticket price is $18 tops. So that's what I'm saying to your listeners. The best theater in New York is off-off. Yes. We are on February 14th, Valentine's Day. We are going to have a huge gala um, which is a fundraiser for our Emerging Playwrights program over at the Players. And one of the performers is going to be Terry Lee King, a fabulous... Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, that's right. Wonderful, wonderful performer. Mm -hmm. And he will be one of the... And David Amram and a lot of other wonderful performers will be uh, doing... The legendary Amazing Grace. You said it. Yes. And he is. He is. Yep. <laughs> and thank you all so much for tuning in to State of the Arts. I encourage all of you to stay true to your dreams, stay safe, and stay positive. Take care, everyone. Okay.